Welcome to Surgis Snacks, the podcast that serves up tasty insights for your surgical practice. Join Al Norweb and Justin Rockman of Surgimate as they deliver bite-sized episodes that feature actionable insights and real-world examples to help you conquer the challenges of surgical scheduling and unlock your practice's full potential. So pull up a chair, grab a snack, and join us as we deep dive into the world of surgical care coordination. Get ready to tantalize your taste buds with knowledge and insights that will help you elevate your surgical practice to new heights. Let's dig in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Surge of Snacks. My name is Al Norweb. I'm the Chief Growth Officer of Surgimate. Hi, and I'm Justin Rockman, the VP of Business Development at Surgimate. Always a pleasure to be with you here, Justin. So Surge of Snacks, we are two mates that love to geek out about anything related to surgical specialties in the business of surgery. And uh, during these sessions, we want to try to deliver to you bite-sized content, five, 10 minutes long with some interesting topics that we, we hope you'll enjoy. Uh, so, and during that, for each session, we want to bring along some snack that's sort of representative of the topic for today. I got to choose last time. So Justin, what are we going with today? Oh, thank you, Al. Yes, my turn. So it's Tim Tams, my favorite Australian uh, biscuit. Um, and it def- definitely is linked to today's topic because the Tim Tam has a chocolate coating on the top, a chocolate coating in the mo- in, at the bottom, and in the middle is a beautiful, in the center is a beautiful uh, chocolate cream. Tasty treat, absolutely. And uh, the topic for today is, in fact, centralization. So we think if you look at the evolution of private practice, where we've gone from small sort of uh, small practices all around the country becoming larger, merging up, uh, we've gone from uh, decentralized group uh, care groups, right, where you might have a doctor that has a medical secretary who does everything for that doctor to more of like a specialized model where maybe you have sub teams within a practice that are dedicated to one area. Maybe they do pre-cert or they do eligibility or patient financial responsibility. And as groups have gone from big to kind of mega in size where you have private equity money coming in or you have uh, just private practice groups consolidating, they're now centralizing functions. So not only do I have um, maybe if I have three divisions, I'm going from three different billing teams to one central billing team. So we see that in a lot of different functional areas, right? right? And the question is whether or not surgical care coordination is going to be the next frontier, especially um, with a lot of surgical uh, schedulers working remotely uh, post-COVID. Is this an area that um, is primed to be able to work in a centralized uh, manner and possibly even as a service, uh, not even having your own, your own internal teams there. You know, it's not that there's a, a right or wrong model on this, right? Being centralized or decentralized isn't inherently good or bad. Uh, there's there's benefits both ways. Decentralization is great if you want to create more innovation and you want to bring your services closer to the customer. So if that's important to you as a practice, that makes total sense. Centralization, on the other hand, allows you to standardize processes, often allows you to control quality, and right. and in many cases control costs. So uh, it's not that it's right or wrong, but if you have an interest in doing something like moving to centralization, what are the things you got to be thinking about? So this outside of in, in any industry, even outside of healthcare, um, think about a framework to consider moving to centralization. There might be three core elements to consider. The first is there a regulatory requirement to move it to centralization? The second, what's the value, the organizational value? 
in financial terms that you're going to achieve through centralization? Can you achieve something like a five to 10% additional uh, value through, yep. um, through moving to this model? Um, and the third are what are, what are the risks? Um, what are the risks that you're going to encounter? And if you had all three, um, then there's obviously Slammed no brainer. Up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if, uh, it's, if you have maybe only one or two, it should be something which you consider. But you have to look at the framework and you have to look at what's, uh, what, what needs so, to So I love that. So if we look at that for surgical care coordination and scheduling, what, how do we sit on that criteria? So first, there's no regulatory no. need. There's nothing legally that's saying. Well, at least not yet. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, that's so. true. But knock on wood. Uh, but there's nothing necessarily today that's saying we have to do this. So uh, it's number two or number three. Number two is, is there significant financial benefit? From our perspective, it's a no-brainer. Uh, when we look uh, at these at different groups, when we have a chance to analyze workflows and look at the benefits of this from reduced cancellations, from better reschedule rates, from better uh, surgery time utilization, and also from being able to kind of tamp down the costs, because this is a very expensive function for many practices, there's often 5%, 10% of value in that. So I think we hit number two pretty regularly if you're a practice and you look at this. So it kind of comes down to number three. Can you manage the risk of trying something like this? And what would the risks be? Um, think about it. I think there are two core risks that groups have talked to us about moving to centralization mm -hmm. have brought up. And the first is from the perspective of the physicians as to whether or not they feel that they're going to continue to receive the same uh, degree of care with their own workflows, with their own protocols. Will a centralized team be able to uh, understand how is it that they like yeah. to schedule and coordinate Do their they surgeons? know their special flavor of uh, what they want for yeah. each other, unique yeah. cases. What, right? what are my equipment reps that I work with? What are my case legs? Yeah. So, and especially as uh, you have a very, um, very sort of, uh, surgical specialties that are, um, th that are quite complicated, then it can be something that uh, yeah. surgeons get concerned about. And the second is from the perspective of the patients. Um, practices are often concerned that the patient will not receive the same degree of service, the same level of high sort of experience that they're going to expect to get. They're two completely understandable uh, concerns, right? You can't get those things wrong. It would cost a lot as a practice to right. mess with your surgery kind of workflows in a way that, that impacts mm -hmm. actual billing and whatnot. Um, but it has successfully been done in other areas of the practice. And I could, I think we both agree 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. ago, you might've heard the same thing from doctors. I can't centralize my call center. Yeah. My billing, billing team, team they'll, they'll yeah. screw everything up, so I can't centralize it. But but practices have found a way to do it. So like anything with change management, there's a couple of key criteria, right? You need the right leadership. You need to impose the right culture and communication plan and make sure that you distribute out a vision for what you're trying to do. Um, and lastly, I think a really core tenant of all of the centralization tendencies has been technology and process. So uh, if you look at centralizing billing teams, one of the key enablers for many practices is they get on one central practice management system. Yeah. It's really hard to bill on a central team if you're like in three or four different systems with different processes yeah. and, and different workflows. And so getting them on one technology, same thing for call center, same thing with HR and, and managing payroll. You, you see that technology is one of the core enablers yeah. here. Um, and I think it can be the same thing with care coordination. You can, there are systems today that allow you as a practice to say, I want to define exactly the process I want and I can customize it. I know my Dr. A has very specific requirements and I can get those built into the system and Dr. B has different ones or facility A and facility B. 
and make sure that all those steps are observed and monitored. And in fact, because you have it in one place, you can actually streamline the process and improve it in, instead of having to document it on paper or other ways that most practice. Yeah, and everybody's trying to move to a greater standardization across all of their processes. There's also outside influences uh, to ensure that you are creating standardized processes that also can be tracked, having the right key performance indicators, right KPIs for each and every one of those teams. And if everything is done in a very dispersed manner, it's very hard to uh, define those KPIs and also track them uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes down to it, we're almost getting close to the end of our time. What are some of the uh, tips and tricks which we've seen um, groups um, use to make this a successful, um, a successful initiative? I think one of the, the big sort of mental barriers for most groups taking a big a change like this is that in many cases it's a, it's an on or off switch. Like I use the example of billing. Uh, you know, if you install a new system, it goes from Friday, it was one thing and Monday it's something new and everybody has to be ready to go. And there's a lot of prep and a lot of angst around that and things that can go wrong. So understandably, you know, it, you got to really think through that change. But in the case of, of care coordination, surgical case scheduling coordination, you know, it's possible to experiment in this world. And I mm -hmm. think that's a reasonable approach here. So as an example, you might have two or three divisions in a region. Uh, and, you know, you might say, well, my instinct is, well, let me, I have to get them all on one, one platform and start to schedule all at once. I don't think that's the right way to go. You could, for example, say, well, let me take one subspecialty within my area, right? My retinal specialists or maybe my foot and ankle specialists or something, depending on, on your, your surgical specialty. And because they have a lot of standardization of process and the types of cases they'll see, you can say, well, let me carve out just this group here and let me try to centralize across those three divisions on, onto a couple of schedulers. And so what is regarding specialty areas? I think another way to think about this is also defining what the workflow and the tasks are um, across the different teams and identifying one area, such as, for example, pre-certification. Can pre-certification be extracted out. So instead of having yep. a surgical scheduler do the pre-cert and get the authorization, can that be done uh, by a centralized team? I've been to practices where I've seen three surgical schedulers waiting on on the phone on hold to speak to the same uh, insurance company. That's a really prime yeah, area. Why, why couldn't? Yeah. So, so if you're thinking about it, something of interest, maybe by subspecialty, maybe carving out one part of the process itself and trying to get that centralized, but. Um, a lot of value to be had here, and I think it's worth the exploration and, and uh, an interesting topic. Something we haven't seen really in the industry happening yet, but very well could become a trend. And uh, uh, hopefully you found today's session interesting. We are up against our time. so That's right. It's our uh, time to enjoy uh, the Tim Tams. So here we go. Let's do it. So if you like today's session, like, subscribe, uh, give us comments, and we'd love your feedback about how we can continue to make this Absolutely. better. Until next time. Take it easy. Snack up. Cheers. Thank you.